Well, welcome to the next edition of Business Law Focus. It's a pleasure to welcome Andres Meyerberg to the show today. He's the head of the Johannesburg Tax Department at ENS Africa. Andres, thanks for joining us. Great having you. And now we're talking just ahead of the budget, which is coming up. And your area of expertise, of course, is energy and mining. You have many years of experience there. And I just wanted to start with one of the one of the big topics uh, that is concerning for the mining industry is the proposed amendment uh, for mineral rights holders carrying on mining operations and whether they qualify or not for what's called an accelerated capital expenditure deduction. This is a big thing for the industry. Um, contract miners may be excluded, but my understanding is this has been postponed. Will we or won't we get something in February on this, Andres, and, and why is it so important? Good afternoon, Evan. Yeah, thank you. I think um, it is very important. Um, um, yeah, they tried to push that through uh, last year following the, uh, as part of the Minister of Finance budget speech. So fortunately, it ended up being not pushed through. And uh, Treasury indicated that they will do consultation of the mining industry. So in this year's budget speech, we probably, you know, hope to expect that uh, the minister will announce that there will be this consultation process because, yeah, absolutely, the way they proposed the amendment last year would have uh, unintended consequences, not just for my contract miners, uh, peer contract miners, but the way contract mining is used in different forms in the mining space and also for BE transactions, unincorporated joint ventures. So it is very critical um, you know amendment and uh, you know fortunately you know it hasn't been pushed through but hopefully you know we'll see in the budget speech something by the minister to say there will be proper consultation you know we we hope not to see just legislation being pushed through so so yeah so that is very important and, and the reality at the moment in the industry is it's evolved so much that there's more use for contract miners. So logically and practically, it doesn't actually make sense to exclude them from, you know, this important uh, deduction. No, absolutely. And I think um, you, you will see that that was part of the presentations that, and I think the Davis Committee who produced the uh, uh, interim and uh, the final report on mining a few years ago, indicated that contract miners has become a lot more uh, used in the in the mining space you know in recent days um especially junior miners use a lot of the contract miners but even the the large uh, mining houses use contract mining and uh, absolutely i mean the risk of double deduction is not there i mean the person who incurred the capital expenditure will claim the expense so if the mining house uh, claim the expense, they will claim the uh, accelerate the laws and the contract miner who is conducting mining, i.e. extracting the mineral from the from the earth, if they incur all their expenditure, they should qualify for that, you know, and, um, uh, you know, a lot of the junior miners don't necessarily have the finance to buy this equipment, so they make use of contract miners who has this equipment, so in turn, the contract miner have incurred a large expense, to buy that equipment and maintain them. So, mm -hmm. so it actually makes sense, you know. So there's absolutely no risk of double deduction and uh, it has been used widely in the industry and continued to be used. So absolutely, I mean, legislation, you know, um, must bear in mind that, that uh, industry and the way it's been operated has changed over time, you know. 
And of course, if I listen to you speaking, Andres, we're desperate for investment as well, which is the one si uh, critical side of this equation. This amendment in its current form would not bode well for investment. Uh, fair comment? Yeah, look, um, I think, um, you know, amendment that's thoroughly thought through and where there was proper consultation, uh, that's fine. But I think, um, you know, where, where you haven't done that proper consultation and tried to plug a hole because this amendment came through a Supreme Court of Appeal judgment, the Benaz mining case, it was in March 2019, where one of the judges sort of had a additional comments say they need to change the legislation. So I think, um, you know, what investors are looking for is certainty and predictability of legislation and regulatory environment because, you know, they put in a lot of money and mining is uh, not like manufacturing where you can pack up and go. Mm -hmm. You know, when you sunk all that capital into the hole in the ground where it's open cast or a shaft, it's permanently there. And when you look at your return of investment, tax plays a part in that return of investment and you want to know that you know there's certainty and predictability about legislation so you know whenever you change legislation you must do a proper consultation process which i think um didn't happen uh, when the proposed um, draft taxation laws amendment came out but i think through uh, submissions through various places including the minerals council um i think they uh, fortunately decided to not push that through so yeah absolutely i mean mm -hmm. For investment, you need certainty and predictability. Don't just change legislation, you know, to try and pluck a hole for something and maybe have unintended consequences, you know, that could ad adversely affect uh, mining companies' uh, profits and therefore return investments for its shareholders, who's the investors. Yeah. So, I mean, it is possible they could make an announcement in February, but it seems unlikely because, as you mentioned, a lot of consultation, a little bit of more thought is needed uh, before this can actually be legislated. What are you expecting uh, come February? Because my understanding is the industry is very worried about this. I think some of them have used the term that it would be devastating. Yeah, so I think um, the outcome of the um, presentations to the Standing Committee on Finance and Parliament uh, Treasury sort of indicated that yes, they won't push it through and they will probably first consult. So, you know, there was no, as far as I'm aware, consultation that has happened as yet. So, the, the concern by some of the industry players is that, you know, because there was no uh, indication of, of this consultation process, now, typically in the budget speech, the legislation following immediately is normally change of your rates and uh, mm -hmm. all of that. So, so I don't think the legislation immediately on the budget speech normally where they produce draft will have anything in there. But I think there probably, hopefully, will be something in the minister's speech uh, suggesting that there will be this consultation process. Uh, and actually then, uh, you know, we treasury need to consult it. I mean, larger budgets, they did mention they will change it. And before there was consultation, the draft legislation came out in July, August uh, last year with this amendment. So hopefully that won't happen again this year. And I think that is where the concern is about because there hasn't been consultation. Maybe there will be just legislation coming through, a draft bill coming through with any changes uh, like they did last year. So, so I don't think there will be anything 
in the budget speech immediately, but hopefully there will be indication by the ministry that there will be this consultation process with industry, because I think it's quite important to have that consultation. Wonderful. Thanks, Andres. We'll certainly keep an eye peeled on those developments. And then just in conclusion is, I know you've been working very closely um, on um, a possible incentive. And we mentioned the importance of you know investment and in growing this industry. And, and I really like this, this theme. I think there's a, the time is ripe for more incentives to encourage economic growth. And we're looking at, at tax incentives and broader incentives across this economy, something we probably haven't always gotten right. But I know you've been looking at Canada and some uh, greenfield incentives there and working with the department and scientists and economists. All quite exciting if we can pull this one off, off Andres. Um, possibly just give us a little bit of insight as to what... Um, uh, the you know what we could achieve when it comes to beneficiation development of the industry and the economy through this uh, particular greenfield incentive. Yes, Evan. So um, I think um, you know Minister Mantasha and uh, uh, President Ramaphosa on a few occasions. If you look at the. Uh, uh, you know, speeches refer to the mining industry as a sunrise industry, meaning that obviously for South Africa, the mining industry is quite important from an economic point of view and uh, generation of revenues for the country. So, um, especially last year with the heat of COVID-19, where a lot of industries had closed down, including some of the mining companies, uh, some of them were more heat than others. I think there was a lot of... Um, uh, efforts from the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, Department of Geoscience and Treasury to see how they can stimulate the economy. And I think that um, uh, the Minerals Council then sort of used that as opportunity to relook at this uh, opportunity because, uh, I mean, South Africa is known to have a large, vast quantity of untapped mineral resources in the ground. But obviously, you need to have money to do the proper exploration to decide whether it's viable and then decide to have uh, mining prospects. So, so yes, so the Minerals Council has looked at, again, this Canadian flow-through model. But um, obviously, as part of that process, um, the, the whole thing with a tax incentive is that it erodes the tax base. So yeah. the question is always whether that should be given. So, But I think this time around, the Minerals Council with the economist and uh, looked at it carefully and run models to see if they produce this type of incentive to, to um, you know, incentivize exploration in the country because, you know, the more people doing exploration appoint contractors to do the exploration activities, job creation. So there's a lot of in the remote areas like the Northern Cape or other areas where, you know, create infrastructure development and all of that. So it could potentially could be uh, quite beneficial to the country as a whole. Yeah. So the Canadian flow-through model, you know, worked in Canada, but I think uh, our environment is slightly different. So what we looked at there, assisted the Minerals Council, is to see how we can use that sort of start with that, but how we adapt it to the SA environment. So the Minerals Council looked at that and with those models and also suggested how you introduce a modified uh, version of that flow-through in South Africa. And um, that was uh, prepared by the Minerals Council and they had engagement with the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy as well as the Department of Geoscience and National Treasury on that. And I think it's, um, I'm quite excited about 
you know, that prospect. So although tax mm-hmm. incentive has sort of the painted with a bright uh, road tax base, I think that that the report by the Minerals Council suggests that you know it actually won't erode the tax base. Um, so I think there is quite a nice opportunity now, and especially with COVID now continuing for this year, to see how we can put that something together, how the country can put that together to to attract foreign investment, particularly. Mm-hmm. Just a quick, uh, a quick uh, word on the how it'll work, um, Andres, because I know in Canada, for instance, there's 100% of eligible exploration expenses deducted, and then there's also the 30% of expenses on a declining balance. So I think the way they work it there as well is that they adjust it and then they use that flow through share um, to reduce any any assistance received. Um, how, how will it differ possibly in SA? Um, Andres, hi, sorry about that, a bit of a delay there. Um, Andres, just on the uh, mechanics of the um, how it will work, specifically, um, how will the SA model work um, compared to the Canadian model? Yeah, look, I, I obviously don't want to go into detail. It's, it's quite complex in detail, but I think in broad strokes, the Canadian model uh, is more for um, uh, Canadian corporate exploration companies who has Canadian tax resident shelters. So the idea there was uh, is that the uh, shelter will subscribe for the so-called flow through sharing to the exploration entity. We will incur the exploration expenditure and then the company will announce that uh, expense or the deduction in favor of the Canadian resident shareholder who made the investment and then the Canadian shareholder can claim that expense against its taxable income. Yeah. Now, obviously, if we want to attract foreign direct investment, you will have a foreign shareholder investing into an SA incorporated entity. So if you just announce that expense in favor of that foreign shareholder who doesn't have a tax liability in South Africa that won't work. So 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 the model that was suggested is to take in broad strokes that into account, but to, to create a, a situation where the exploration company incur the expense can uh, grant the benefit of that expense or the tax benefit, which is the twenty eight percent of let's say if you incur on the grand expense, your tax benefit of that is twenty eight percent and that credit is then flow through to the shareholder, whether it's a, a local shareholder, SA resident or a foreign shareholder, and that can then be used against any other tax liability. For example, foreign shareholders typically would have, for example, withholding taxes on dividends, interest, uh, they may yeah. have other subsidiaries in South Africa who operate here subject to tax, and because we don't have group taxation, they can then uh, apply that credit uh, for its SA subsidiaries. Uh, and similarly for, for SA local investors, the, the same principle. So, so previously there was, many years ago, um, an allowance where companies, manufacturing companies made huge losses, could uh, you know, convert that assessed uh, loss into credit and sell it to, to other taxpayers who can use it against that tax liability. 
So, so as a second phase, one you know suggested that you can also sell that for the foreign shell if they can't use it themselves, sell it to yeah. an SA local shelter or local entity who can actually use that again. So, so I think that is a broad stroke. Uh, the suggestion there, but I think uh, obviously it's, it's a lot more complex than that. So Absolutely. there's a lot of thinking in detail that uh, has went into that and still needs to go into that. But at the end of the day, it actually is workable. It's critical to stimulate the economy and and there's a lot of opportunity there for uh, possible growth that then also feeds back into the loop of the fiscus uh, gaining those benefits. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the Minerals Council certainly, and I share their enthusiasm, that it is definitely workable. Um, I think it is quite a nice comprehensive suggestion by the Minerals Council to those three government departments, and I think it's definitely something to consider by government and push forward. So, um, you know, I mentioned earlier on is that tax incentive normally around the tax base, but I mean, um, that model suggests that you know through job creation and appointment of contractors to do that you create jobs so it's employees tax there's that um, the, the contracts themselves who provide the services uh, generate more income so there's more income tax so I think uh, so that's your secondary benefits and also the, the shelters when they sell their shares they may be capital gains tax you know which yeah. will flow to, to the fiscus so Absolutely. so I think um, that was a well thought through um, uh, submission by the Minerals Council and I think definitely in my view I think it's definitely something that is workable it could stimulate mm. the economy you know well, Andre, it's been fabulous chatting to you. I know the mining in Darbo is coming up as well, so I think all of these topics will be covered there as well. And we certainly then keep a close watch on the budget for these and other aspects. So thanks very much for the time. Thanks, Evan.